Hi there, I'm Gavin Crawford. I'm a writer, an actor, and a comedian. And for the last eight or nine years, I have been navigating life with my mother's increasing dementia. Has it been sad? Yeah. Has it been funny? Also, yeah. That's what my brand new podcast series, Let's Not Be Kidding, is about. It's the true story of my life as a comedian, my mom, and dementia. Let's Not Be Kidding, with me, Gavin Crawford. A new seven-part series from CBC Podcasts, available now. This is a CBC Podcast. Every leader, every party has a best before date. Our best before date is here. The Democrats want to run against Donald Trump. Ryan Gosling in Barbie. Because news. Gavin Crawford. Oh, hey, everybody. I am Gavin Crawford. Welcome to Because News, Canada's funniest news quiz. A mobster who stole Judy Garland's Wizard of Oz ruby slippers said he did it to make one last score. His story will be adapted into the upcoming mob movie, Gay Fellas. (laughs) (laughs) Over the next 30 minutes, we'll be making games out of the news. Let us welcome this week's panel. They call him the human Boeing because his parts keep falling off. (laughs) Holding it together for us, it's Steve Patterson. Yeah. Hello. And she is replacing Pascal Siakam as the Toronto Raptors' new forward. It had to be someone, so why not Martha Chavez? Hola, amigos! And finally, he has been eating snow since way before Reese Witherspoon made it cool. Throw caution to the wind for Miguel Rivas. Hello! Thank you for having me. All right, panel, are you sitting semi-comfortably? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Then let's begin. Here we go. Yeah! It's time for entertainment news, panel, uh, with this week's Altered Lyrics. Have a listen to some rejig lyrics from one of this year's biggest songs, and tell me, if you can, what news from this week inspired this ballad. <laughs> Doesn't seem to matter what we do. We're still ahead of you Though you put up a good fight We will triumph on the night Cause we're just men (laughs) Stealing the spotlight yet again Is it our destiny to live a life Of constant visibility? (laughs) God bless men Guess we're just better in the end What will it take for you to see That we control the whole academy We're white men (laughs) Alright, there are your altered lyrics, panel Can you tell me for a point What story from this week had men across the globe Thanking the patriarchy once again Oh, we got our monthly secret e-transfer From the men's fund That makes sure we keep the wage gap intact Yes! Uh, good guess? No. Uh, Steve? Well, we, we uh, celebrated a men's football team uh, winning a game in the NFL again. That's a long, 
uninterrupted streak of men's teams winning in the NFL. Finally, yes, we appreciate that. Uh, Martha, I feel like you might know this. Barbie, that the women were snubbed, uh, the, the producer and the actor for Barbie were snubbed for uh, best producer and best actor. Best director, but close enough. <laughs> best director, I mean. Yes. The headline from The Telegraph reads, Barbie skewers the patriarchy, but Ken gets the Oscar nomination. The internet was ablaze with cries of misogyny after the snubs. The Rolling Stone headline reads, Greta Gerwig's Oscar snub for Barbie is classic Academy BS. Yeah. Which I assume stands for Barbie stuff. (laughs) It is. is Because the woman made a movie out of a doll. And it was a great movie for women by women and about women. And uh, she made it work. It wasn't boring. Did you watch it? Did you still go with your girls? Barbie. Barbie. Oh, yeah. See Barbie, yeah. And you, Miguel? Oh, I loved Ryan Gosling and Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> he was so funny. Oh, God. But he was. You just didn't feel like the direction. Oh, the direction of Ryan Gosling? Oh, he must he have rich? really directed his own scenes because he was so great. <laughs> I think the movie should have been called Ken's Friend. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it would have been about the other Kens. Yeah, the other Kens. <laughs> but there have been only eight women nominated in the history of, of uh, movie making. So couldn't you throw the woman a bone since the movie was called Barbie? Like, you well, know, I think she earned it, Mark. And she yeah, earned it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she made it. throw her a bone. But, but I mean, also, but isn't according. throw her a bone not very... <laughs> No. <laughs> That's a, not the right phrase here. Yeah, it's not the right phrase. Yeah, but can she, you guys stop mansplaining to Marta what Marta's trying yes, to say? Exactly. I don't care much about Barbie. Never liked Barbies. I never. I ate their digits because the rubber was delicious. I never played with it. But I, I found the movie very interesting. It's a real journey. <laughs> Oppenheimer led the pack with 13 nominations, followed by Poor Things. Of the 10 Best Picture nominees, only one is directed by a Canadian, which Canadian is in the running for Best Picture. Celine Song for Past Lives. You are correct, Miguel Rivas. Celine Song, director of Past Lives. Song was passed over for a directing nom as well because films directed by women tend to just direct themselves. It's time for some politics, panel. This week, the federal liberals held a caucus retreat to get their ducks in a row before heading back to Parliament. After trailing the Conservatives in the polls all fall, the liberals are looking for ways to show Canadians they are still the one. To that end, they were touting their housing accelerator program. They also announced this week that they're making a change that could help mitigate the housing crisis for renters. What change did they announce that could make it easier for renters? I actually think it's a pretty good idea. Um, They're going to require all current homeowners to rent out half of their existing rooms to new people, including people with bachelor apartments. So it's going to be a great way for Canadians to meet (laughs) new Canadians because those with one bedroom, you've got to rent out half your bed now. Everyone will be forced to become swingers. They <laughs> have to share their bedrooms. That is a good suggestion, uh, <laughs> but not what they went with. I'll give you a hint. The change was announced by the immigration minister. Oh, I know that one. I know that they're going to, you know, the colleges that are not being used because people are not going to college. That's where they're going to house the unhoused and teach them a few things, too. <laughs> 
I think they should use the churches, but nobody listens to me. But, uh, you know, because the churches are empty and Jesus would have given the churches, but do they give them room? No. The correct answer, according to the Globe and Mail, the Globe and Mail headline reads, Ottawa announces two-year cap on international student visas. Canada currently has a historic number of foreign students and temporary workers, which the government says has put pressure on the rental housing market. So I was right. The colleges. The colleges. Why, yeah, I mean, you said the word college. <laughs> I was right. I, Give her the point. Is there, is there, yeah. No, no. When, fine, um, fine. Immigration Minister Mark Miller said the move is meant to squeeze out the private for-profit colleges who have been providing subpar educations. He compared these for-profit colleges to which other nefarious operation? The Great DeVry incident of 2001. (laughs) (laughs) Sex trade. It's an operation that churns out a lot of something. Oh, the butter industry. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> the corrupt butter industry. Yeah. That turns a lot of something. <laughs> big he, butter. It's big butter. It's not big butter. It's big butter. I like big butter. I cannot lie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he compared them to puppy mills. Oh. oh. He said they're basically diploma puppy mills. Which are bad? Yes. Okay. Uh, these private colleges can make a lot of money by attracting international students who pay a lot of tuition and can receive postgraduate work visas going to the college, but some of these schools aren't delivering what they're promising these international students. A headline from CBC reads, BC, Ontario vowed to crack down on diploma mill schools exploiting international students. Can you tell me, what are some ways to know your school is a sham college? Oh, I know. If one of your graduates is Andrew Shear. <laughs> Very good guess. Miguel, how do you know your college might be a sham college? Your syllabus is spelled silly bus. (laughs) Uh, Martha, how do you know your college is a sham college? Well, a car full of nine or 13 clowns (laughs) delivers your diploma and the diploma is written in crayons. That would maybe do it. I think I know. Is it if your class takes place in a Mr. Sub? And you're just waiting for the sandwich artist to take a break. You're not far off. One of them is if your college is in a strip mall. Oh, oh, see? It's located in a strip mall, in one store in a strip mall. That might be a sign. Also, if there's no library. Mm. If there's no student services on campus. And finally, they say you can tell if it's a sham college if there's no actual classes. (laughs) Huh. That would be a sign. Yes. So they're trying to put a stop to those. Uh, The immigration minister put it this way. It is not the intention uh, of this program to have sham commerce degrees or business degrees that are sitting on top of a massage parlor. (laughs) Don't kink shame me, sir. (laughs) What if it's a massage business degree? Uh, Martha, you teach stand-up comedy at Humber, so we know that's for sure not a sham. (laughs) (laughs) I feel You're throwing shade at me. Uh, Do you feel like this law might affect your enrollment? No, because we don't have a lot of international students. And and we are actually the clown that will deliver the (laughs) The sham degree. The training is just delivering sham degrees. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, putting domestic issues aside, the Liberals spent the last day of their retreat focused on an upcoming global event. What exciting international event were the Liberals 
busy planning for? I think I know this one. I shouldn't probably shouldn't say correct answers right out of the gate, but this is um, this is Trudeau's first Valentine's since the separation. So, <laughs> Uh, the whole cabinet is making valentines uh, for him to send them out. And there's still a bunch of be mine, be mine, uh, be his, be his and somebody else. There's a little variety of <laughs> We choo, choo, choose Pierre. Oh, no. <laughs> that is not the big event. Martha, do you know what big event uh, the liberals were busy planning for on the last day of their retreat? Of course I know, because I'm planning too. <laughs> I'm planning for the same thing. You know that um, Pierre Trudeau said mm-hmm. that being neighbors of the Americans was like sleeping together of a, of a cranky elephant. And nobody, no matter how friendly and even tempered is the beast, one is affected by every twitch and grunt. But we know that that beast is not even tempered. The crazy person with the orange makeup, that's what they, they are preparing like uh, in the unlikely event that Mango Mussolini comes back <laughs> on power. They are preparing to how we're going to deal. All of us have to mentally prepare because I, I am already crazy. And, and imagine with that again. <laughs> the Globe and Mail headline reads, Liberals prepare for possible Trump re-election by reviving Team Canada approach. Hmm. What is the Team Canada approach? Yeah, let them win the first couple games, and then you just start slashing and hacking. <laughs> Martha, what's the Team Canada approach? Smother them with kindness. You know, like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They've gone a different way. Uh, they are assigning two ministers to work with the U.S. ambassador and various business and labor groups to highlight the importance of Canada-U.S. integration. Just keep reminding them how important it is that we work together. Currently, the team is led by our industry and export and trade ministers. But if you could choose the team, who would you put on Team Canada should Trump get in again? I think I would send uh, the two Ryans. I would send uh, Ryan Gosling and the other one. And, uh, you know, I don't have to tell you guys, they're the Ryans. Yeah. And one would be like a superhero sorts and the other one would be like, I'm just Ken. I mean, Ryan Reynolds is kind of everywhere doing everything right he now. Is, so the, I would just like to see the two Ryans working together for the greater good. Yes, I would like to have the two Ryans and Alanis Morissette. And I'm here to remind you <laughs> that we work together very well, you know. <laughs> because News, Canada's News Quiz. I'm Gavin Crawford. This is Because News. This week I'm joined by panelists Steve Patterson, Martha Chavez, and Miguel Rivas. Toronto and Hamilton Palace, if you're itching for a live show that isn't Because News, fear not. Steve Patterson and CBC's The Debaters are rolling into your neighborhood come March. Head over to The Debaters' website for all the juicy details. Do you have something you want to improve about yourself? Maybe it's something petty or embarrassing. That's where Personal Best comes in. Personal Best from CBC Podcast is a self-improvement show for people who don't like self-improvement. Vulture calls it a delightfully dorky romp through a world of hidden wants and quiet dreams. And Time Magazine says it's one of the funniest podcasts to hit our earbuds in years. Did they really say that? That is really nice of them. Find Personal Best on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Let's turn to sports news panel because Edmonton is having a moment in the spotlight. According to the Fort McMurray Times, something jaw-dropping happened in the Alberta capital on Tuesday night. For the point, what event dropped Albertans' jaws on Tuesday? The food at the Stampede was awarded Michelin status. <laughs> that is incorrect. What event dropped Albertans' jaws, Steve? I think it was uh, Premier Daniel Smith who uh, surprisingly led the whole arena in a chorus of Kumbaya, which was surprising, <laughs> it was surprising to a lot of people. Uh, Martha. The Edmonton Oilers won 14 times in a row. You are correct Yay. for the point. <laughs> The headline from the Fort McMurray Times reads, Edmonton Oilers flex third period muscle to make 14 straight. The longest winning streak by a Canadian team in NHL history. Remarkable. But why was this streak particularly remarkable? Well, Air Bud was on the team. <laughs> nothing in the rule book that says a dog can't play hockey. Martha, do you know why it's remarkable? Well, you know what? I don't know. I'm like you. I don't know much about hockey, but I think that if somebody wins 14 times, it's because the other teams suck. <laughs> <laughs> What's particularly remarkable about this streak is that they started off the season with just two wins and nine losses. Oh, that's good. Oh and then they really turned things around. We are taping the show on Thursday night, just minutes before the Oilers take to the ice for what could, fingers crossed, be their 15th straight win. Who they are playing? They are playing the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, I like their chances. And they, I think the chances are good. But now that I've said that, we've just jinxed them. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, we should all be knocking on wood right now. 17 games is the longest winning streak held by the Pittsburgh Penguins in 1993. Wow. That makes sense. Have you been following the Oilers' uh, winning streak? Look, I like hockey. Mm. I have children. They don't like when I do things. <laughs> so I haven't watched a full live game of any sort. Uh, this whole so good for them. I'm happy for them, but I have not enjoyed even a single period of hockey. <laughs> well, Oilers' new head coach, Chris Knobloch, spoke to reporters after a recent win. He said pretty much what you'd expect a brand new hockey coach to say. What do you think he said about the amazing winning streak? I think he said, you know, we just got to keep giving uh, 110%, and then by the end of the year, we'll have given over 8,000%. <laughs> And that's Hockey Man. <laughs> yeah. uh, Martha? He said that uh, although nobody has faith on this team before, uh, now they are so hot, they are melting the ice. They have to have the Zamboni around because of all the melted ice of these hot players. He calls them my fiery gladiators on ice. <laughs> that was quite an inspiring speech. It's uh, a word for word quote right there. <laughs> Let's see who was the closest. Here is Chris Knobloch. We're just uh, treating it like every other game, doing what we did. You know, we're working on things in our game. We have won, um, you know, a series of games in a row. But. None of those games have been perfect. I would follow this man into <laughs> Such an inspiring speech. All right, uh, Spartans, I know that they're outnumbering us, 1,001, but we're just going to have another fight like any other day. And uh, <laughs> me thinking that he was like over. Yeah, no, you were way you, off. Yeah. <laughs> the coach's words may not have been inspirational this week, but Edmonton's head office brought in something guaranteed to motivate. What made a sudden appearance in the Oilers' locker room this week? But I would assume that Wayne Gretzky. That's a good huh? guess. That's Solid a good, guess. Good Steve. Kool-Aid. He broke right through the wall. <laughs> 
and gave them all nice. I think it was fruit punch. Uh, those are all great guesses. The headline from the Edmonton Journal reads, Greasy, Gritty, and Dirty Shift Disturber Perry. Just what the Oilers need. It was, in fact, veteran forward Corey Perry, oh. who signed a one-year contract with the team after being terminated by the Chicago Blackhawks. Oh. And now tonight they're playing the Chicago Blackhawks, so he's playing against his old team. Oh, it's going to be blood. Uh, the Edmonton <laughs> Journal, possibly, the Edmonton <laughs> Journal caused the Perry signing a win for the team, noting that he was a mouthful of something whenever he played against Edmonton previously. A mouthful of what? <laughs> Loose teeth. <laughs> a mouthful of pox. <laughs> According to the Edmonton Journal, he was a mouthful of Sour Patch Kids. Oh. Means he's real feisty and he gets in everyone's yeah. face. There's been a lot of cutbacks of the Edmonton Sour Journal. Sour Patch Kids. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that writer is six years old. <laughs> well, panel, if hockey isn't your thing, and I'm guessing it isn't. <laughs> Don't worry, there's a brand new sport catching on in Alberta that might be of more interest to you. It combines two beloved Alberta pastimes. One is skiing. What is the other? It's skiing and waving an F. Trudeau flag. (laughs) (laughs) Stephen, idea skiing and? Uh, uh, Skiing and uh, country line dancing. That also was a good Alberta pastime. Martha, two Alberta pastimes, skiing and? Skiing and the stampede. Tall hats and horses. How do you call the, the cowboy hats that are big? There is a name Ten gallon. Ten gallon hat. Yes, I translated to tall hat. I was more picturing like an oil baron with a top hat, like Mr. Uh, Monopoly style. Uh, no, ten gallon hats and horses. Uh, well, you're correct about the horses. It is indeed skiing and horseback riding. Yes. It's called skijoring. <laughs> really is. It's a blend of uh, skiing and horseback riding. How do you think that works? You strap a ski to each hoof and <laughs> piss the horse off. And it's like dog sleds, but you can end up being the horse's ass. You know, like a... <laughs> you know what I mean? I do know what you mean, Stephen. <laughs> it is when riders uh, aboard galloping horses tow skiers or snowboarders through snowy courses and over wicked jumps. This seems like an old punishment for theft, for shoplifting. <laughs> yeah, Tying someone to a horse and be like, we're taking you down this hill. <laughs> the Globe and Mail points out that if you want to see Skajoring in person, head to Banff. It's happening there right now at Banff's Winter Days Festival. It is apparently open to even more mashups, this sport. There's an event happening called Skajordu. <laughs> Horses and skiing, and what else... Makes up skijordu. I mean, it's it's just skijoring in the morning. <laughs> so there's dew on the horse. It's dew, yeah. Skijordu. Morning. Morning. Skijordu. Morning. Skijordu. Uh, you have to. You're pulled by a horse while you're on skis, and you have to eat boiling hot cheese out of a fondue pot. Skijordu. Skijordu. Weirdly, and this is going to shock you. Miguel is correct for the point. Whoa. According to the Skajor website, it's a, it's a blistering blend of snow, speed, style, and cheese. <laughs> there's good news, there's bad news, and there's because news. Until I die.
I'm Gavin Crawford. This is Because News with guests Miguel Rivas, Martha Chavez, and Steve Patterson. Just a reminder that, yes, we are on TikTok where we post fun clips and bonus material, but no, for the hundredth time, we are not on OnlyFans. Stop asking. Panel, it's time for fashion news. Something that was once universally loved, then universally loathed, seems to be making a huge comeback. To find out what it is, let's bring out our resident news troll, Kevin, who's crawling out from under this bridge with a riddle to share. <coughs> Thanks, Kevin. I am serious up front, but a riot in the back. You see me on some folks who like to drink Pabst. I've crowned several kings, and that's what I read. But to rock me in public, some would not be caught dead. Where am I? Wow. Okay. Yes, there's Kevin's riddle. Thank you, Kevin. No problem. Um, it's all right. You heard his riddle. Uh, what am I? Dead giveaway there. So it's business in the front and party in the back. It's a French tuck where you just tuck in the front of your shirt only. Martha? It has to be something in your head. Yes. Because of the crown that he talked about. Yes. Business in the front, party in the back. That's a mullet. You are correct. Hey. For the point, Martha Chavez. <laughs> a headline from CNN this week reads, A moment for mullets. It's perfect to cook because you won't uh, burn your hair. You know, like a, but it's an abomination. I just say. Yeah, um, I love when I love when you go into a restaurant and the chef has a long mullet. Mullet. <laughs> mm. No long hairs in this food. Here's a bonus question for you: What is the name for someone who is still rocking a mullet but has also suffered from male pattern baldness? Oh, I know this. Mm. This is a skullet. You are correct. Nice. Nice. It is a skullet. Which sounds like a slur. (laughs) According to CNN, can you tell me what is driving the mullet renaissance? A lack of disposable income for regular haircuts. (laughs) You can only afford to cut half your head. Yeah. 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 It's so dire out there. They've gone to not so super cuts. (laughs) Just average cuts. (laughs) Average cuts. Come into half a cut. Yeah. We just do the front. Great guess, Steve, but it's not. Uh, any other ideas? What is driving the mullet renaissance? First of all, mullet and renaissance should not be together whatsoever <laughs> in the same sentence. That's a good point. I think despair, despair, everybody, uh, yeah, like, like when the pandemic, remember when the pandemic, like everybody let their hair, whatever it was, I think that we came out of the pandemic with ideas that we could just look stupid. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Despair is always a great guess. It is being driven uh, this time by Hollywood, specifically Napoleon, which features a character with a very good mullet, and also uh, the Iron Claw, they say. Where did this research come from? People saw Napoleon and wanted a mullet, and then they saw the saddest movie ever made, and were like, that's the hair I want. The Iron Claw. Uh, Yeah, but also um, Paul Mescal's character uh, sports a mullet in All of Us Strangers, and Kristen Stewart apparently has a mullet in an upcoming thriller. Yeah, well, if if she jumps in the river, will you jump in the river too? Like my mother would say, like... uh, 
You're not buying it? You're not ready for the Renaissance? You're not ready to party in the back? No. I already did it once and I regretted it. <laughs> A lot. Yeah. Well, despite what you may think, humans have been rocking mullets for centuries. In fact, can you tell me, or guess, which historical document features a description of the mullet as far back as 8th century B.C.? Well, that's the Magna Carta. No man is above a mullet. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Uh, Steve? Uh, I'm going to guess uh, Rex Murphy's first book report. <laughs> From way back in 8th century B.C. <laughs> Incorrect. Uh, Martha, do you know? The Iliad. In the Iliad. Um, in the Odyssey. <laughs> I mean... Homer said finding a good hairdresser was an Odyssey. It was, in fact, the Iliad. Oh, the Iliad. <laughs> Martha is correct. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yes. Also, ancient Greek scholar Procopius gave a vivid description of the mullets worn by the uncivilized Huns. Can you guess how did Procopius describe the uncivilized Huns' mullets? Invading in the front, pillaging in the back. <laughs> yes. What did he say? Procopius described the Huns' mullets thusly, cut off in front back to the temples, leaving the part behind to hang down to a very great length in a senseless fashion. (laughs) Finally, in 1778, this famous inventor doffed his powdered wig in protest of England to reveal a marvelous all-American skullet. Um, Benjamin Franklin. That's a good answer. Any guess, Steve? I was going to say Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin is correct. Martha gets it. Martha for the point. Benjamin Franklin, who famously said, I cannot tell a lie. This is not a good look. (laughs) Somehow we've come to the end of another exciting episode of Because News. This week's champion, well, it's Martha Chavez. Congratulations, Martha. You have the honor of reading our credits. I'm Gavin Crawford, very relieved that the doomsday clock remained at 90 seconds to midnight because honestly, I'm going to need the time to finish that bunker. (laughs) We'll see you next week. Why? Because Because you! Thank you very much, everyone. Give it up for Miguel Rivas, Steve Patterson, and Martha Chavez. Hey Canada, this is Marta Chavez, winner of Because News. Congratulations to my fabulous runners-up, Miguel Rivas and Steve Patterson. Because News is written and produced by Elizabeth Bowie, David Carroll, Lee Pitts, Gavin Crawford, Phil Long, and Jess Klimowski. This week they had help from Cliff Cardinal, Jan Caruana, and Michael Balazzo. Rounding out the team, Erin Conway, Browning Page, Chris Lyons, and our recorder engineer, the fabulous Paul Hutch. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.